Welcome to the Collaborate podcast. I'm Victor Adibuali, chair and founder of Collaborate. Collaborate's a small organisation with massive ambition. We want to look beyond the challenges we currently face in society and start a conversation about the future. We live in challenging times and I think we need more collaboration in society, in public services, in our economy, all to create a better future. So we're exploring what a collaborative society could look like, how you build it and where the green shoots are. And as part of this, I'm talking to some fascinating people about how they are creating change through their work. Today, I'm going to be talking to Donna Hall. Uh, Donna Hall just inspired me, actually. Uh, she came and did a presentation to a workshop that Collaborate runs with chief execs, and she also came to Turning Point's leadership conference. And I invited her to both things because um, I wanted to hear about the work she'd done in Wigan. But there's something about her that I find really inspiring, and that is her calmness and her intelligence and she, the fact that she thinks differently about things. Um, and when you, But you meet her, and she's a white woman from a working-class background who's achieved something that not many white women from her backgrounds achieved, but has done it with such humility and intelligence that I just wanted to talk to her. So we're going to talk to Donna Hall. I'm from Bolton, uh, still live in Bolton. Uh, I've just recently retired from Wigan Council. I was Chief Exec of Wigan Council for eight years. Me and my team, it was very much a team effort, created this new relationship with um, our residents called the Wigan Deal, which was about really redefining the role of local government and redefining the role of public services in a place. So the deal was um, a social contract between uh, residents, all of the residents. Um, we created it back in 2011 because uh, we knew that there was basically no hope for our residents at the start of austerity unless we radically shifted what we did and reinvented ourselves as public servants in the place. Um, we were the third worst affected council in Wigan out of all 400 councils in the whole of the UK by austerity so we knew that status quo wasn't an option and the deal started iteratively so we didn't just suddenly wake up one day and it was fully fledged all yeah. singing all dancing social contract it came about over the years, over that eight year period and kind of evolved by working differently with residents mm. and the community. So Wigan was a big part of my career, a big part of my life. Um, before that I was at Chorley and mm. did similar work actually, created another kind of social contract called the Chorley Smile with residents. I like that. Smile. <laughs> really kind of optimistic. I'm going to Chorley in a couple of weeks. I'll, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll look oh, out for that. You'll definitely have to smile a Chorley grimace, that could be... <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, but as, as sometimes these uh, things happen when you get a change of political control in a place, they kind of threw it away because it wasn't their idea. Mm, but yeah. I thought it was the start of something quite yeah. fundamental in public yeah. services. Yeah. So before that, I worked at Blackburn with Darwin, Deputy Chief Exec, and then at, um, at Salford. So I've worked in councils most of my life. Um, also worked in the community and voluntary sector. Funnily enough, I um, I started back in 1985 working for a, a neighbourhood economic development agency, right. kind of creating community cooperatives, credit unions, that yeah. kind of thing. We've got similar backgrounds. So I, start, yeah, I started very, in co-ops, housing yeah. co-ops. Well, that's, yeah, in I, I lived in a housing co-op. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. We're very similar, separated <laughs> really, at birth. Yeah, yeah well, it's, that's <laughs> very odd, actually. I don't know many people have 
from the court background. Yeah, it's, really, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. So I was quite into politics when I was younger, and mm. I did politics and English uh, at Leeds University. Yeah, and I'm just about to be made a professor of politics <laughs> at University of Manchester. That's so right. That's a really proud thing for me. Yeah, just wish yeah. my mum and dad were here to to see it. So I'm adopted. I'm adop- as adopted as a as a child. Um, my mum and dad uh, brought me up in a on what was the largest council estate in Europe at the time, mm. Braemar in Bolton. Mm. Um, and yeah, very, very strong kind of working class ethos. My dad was, I'd describe him as a, a tiger dad. He really forced me into education yeah. against my will. Yeah. Um, but no, I've, um, I've really had a great time, great, great career. So now I've retired, but I'm chairing a New Local Government Network, yeah. which is a think tank. Yeah. Um, and we've done some work with New Local yeah, Government Network. No, yeah. I've, I've done some work with them and collaborated on some work. That's right. And collaborate. Yeah. And, and they're very, I think, very similar. Collaborate are an amazing organization. Um, Obviously set up by you, yeah, well, yeah. Some it's, great... not, it's a team. It really is. I it's mean, it's like it needs that I'm spark. stuffed without them. I mean, I just they make me look good. Basically, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's literally that's what they, they are do. Fantastic, fantastic. And really sparky people. And similarly, uh, Adam, Dr. Adam Lent, and Jessica Studder at mm. New Local Government Network. Very similar mm. thinking. And I think this is where we're at at the moment. We've we've got to connect the join the dots and some of the similar thinking pieces mm. that we've got out there. So we've got some brilliant work coming out of Collaborate with the mm. Manifesto. Yep. We've got the Community Paradigm from your yep. local government network. We've got some great work coming out from, from Claire's around mm. new new mm. municipalism. Can't yeah. say that word. New municipalism. <laughs> it's one of the signs that, that there's a new idea is that some of the language of the new idea is yeah. kind of, you have to be part of the cognoscenti. Yeah, exactly. Which actually brings me to something I was going to, because you're, I don't know, but when I we met, I think the first time we met was when you did the collaborate. Thing. That's right. Yes. But the thing that struck me about you is, is you're quite different. Like most chief execs of local authorities that I've met, I mean, some of them, but you, there's something about your background that is really present every time oh, I see you, and you. I wonder whether yeah. that's something that you do that you recognise as yeah. part of the reason why you, you get this stuff? I think so. I think it's, um, I mean, public services saved my life, you know, mm. when I was a, when I was a baby. So a child, my mum just would not have been able to, to bring me up and mm. look after me and, you know, social care and all the system around that. Mm. Um, and going mm. to university and getting a grant, those yeah. were the days. Oh, when, yeah, those were the you know, days. There is no yeah, way no, I would yeah, have taken no. out a student loan. No, there's not no, a chance. There was no debt in no, my family. No. Just, you just didn't do that. No. So That was yeah. beaten into me at an early age. Exactly, I don't, I don't have a credit card. I don't do no. any of that stuff. I just no. you can't afford it. Don't buy it. it exactly. It's very yeah. simple. Yeah, yeah, that was the kind of ethos that we had. So I'm also um, the chair of a hospital. So Bolton Foundation mm. Trust Hospital. I do that as well. And I, again, my sister's a midwife there. It's where my children were born. It, it, I wouldn't do it in another organisation, but because it's my kind of yeah. home hospital, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel a real strong affinity to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Pressure though, isn't it? Yeah. I so was I... once told by, a, <laughs> by, the, by the, the vice VC of universities, never live in the place where you, yeah. you run a major yeah. organisation because <laughs> people know who you are. Yeah, they, you do. But I think it's this, there's something really powerful about that accountability yeah, to the yeah, place, I, to I the agree. locality. And, I agree with that. And I do like that. Um, I do like that very strong link back to the anchor institutions in mm. the place that you live in. Mm. When you look at the sort of landscape of public sector leadership, let's put it that way, yeah. what, what do you see? Because you can do that now, particularly from the position as chair of a hospital. What, yes, what, yeah. what do you see? Um, I see people, very, very diverse people, actually. I mean, mm. It's great that there's more women. Mm. Um, I still don't think we've got our diversity sorted as senior leaders, certainly not no. in terms of... <laughs> Black and minority ethnic yeah. people—it's not right at all. And mm. I, I just think we've got 
more diversity, but it's still mainly white blokes mm. Um, mm. running organisations, yeah. both NHS and, yeah. and councils. Oh, yeah, NHS is pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty bad. And, um, you know, very different cultures, I think. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm really, really lucky in, in my in my trust because I've got an amazing fellow female chief executive, mm. also from Bolton. Yeah. Very grounded, very yeah. dynamic, very creative, but a yeah. real humble leader. Yeah. A real servant leader. That she helps. is amazing. Yeah. And a whole team are like that. So it kind of spreads right through yeah. the culture. When I when I was thinking when I was asking the question, in terms of your answer was great, in terms of yes, diversity is a big issue. But also are you seeing collaborative leadership? Are you seeing something else? Are you seeing the things that support public sector leaders encouraging certain things as opposed to discouraging? I mean, mm. I'm, yeah, I, can I be dead honest with you? Oh, for God's sake, don't <laughs> talk me anything else. We're not, not going to do this again. I know, I can't. <laughs> You're from up north anyway. We, it's Honestly, impossible for it's us to lie. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I don't see as much collaboration yeah. as, as there should be, really. And, you know, I, I remember when we. And we kind of got famous with the deal. Mm. We would get more visits from Denmark mm. um, and abroad, you know, Scottish councils than we would from mm. other parts of Greater Manchester mm. because there was this bit of wig and envy, this kind of not mm. invented here. And um, the closer we got to, you know, our neighbouring councils wouldn't even, you know, go over the border to come and have a look at how the deal was working because it, it took £160 million out of the budget and improved yeah. outcomes um, across all services. But they were kind of in denial of it because I don't, a bit of jealousy, I think, at the heart. Jealousy? Jealousy. I find that astonishing. So, it's bizarre, so isn't it? It is, isn't it? You'd think. <laughs> I'd be like hop, skipping and jumping yeah. straight to see. So do you think that's the reason? And do you, and do you, do you, think, do you think that's the reason why there isn't collaboration and is it jealous is it as bit i mean i'm i'm all i'm all in for sort of basic human and emotions yeah. driving leadership you know there's a i lot think of... there's something we, we always criticize government don't we mm. in local government we also yeah. criticize ministers for wanting their own separate initiatives yeah. that they can hang the hat yeah. on but i think we're just as bad mm. sometimes in local government because mm. people want chief executives particularly kind of ego-fueled yeah. chief executives yeah. and leaders yeah they want it to be their idea yeah. their initiative yeah and the pre you know, previous good work that was done, they just kind of either throw Get it away it. or yeah. rebadge it, rebrand yeah. it and make it about them. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've always sought out good ideas. There's no yeah. such thing as an original idea, no. let's be honest. No you know, Jean-Jacques Rousseau invented yeah. social contracts, not yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I suppose, I'm curious about why, I'm still curious about why you think leaders in, in local government and as I guess in health, I mean, I've experienced this in health as well, what is it that stops them from doing... Because I would see that as almost unprofessional. It's yeah. like, what's your sense of the impact that, that those behaviours have on people? Yeah. And why is it that we... What? I think it's a kind of human self-preservation thing mm. where people like it to be, um, you know, it's about them, it's about their impact. Mm. Um, but again, the kind of, I think really trying to I'm really learning at the moment as a new chair of an FT mm. and but I think humility has always been a really strong driver yeah, for yeah. me of leadership mm, leader of servant. Um, yeah mm. and not thinking that you've got the monopoly on good ideas mm. and you know listening really mm. intensely listening to your staff to mm. residents mm. and and working out what you're doing wrong and it being mm. okay to say I don't know the answer mm. to that mm. um, and I'm really sorry but that wasn't yeah. a great service yeah, I, I apologise yeah, yeah, yeah. it's do. like ambiguity it's like yeah. I don't know you know, yeah. let's find out right? exactly and if we make a mistake people sometimes all people want is an apology mm. is just to acknowledge yeah. that that mistake was made rather than kind of a cover up or a kind of 
you know, a fear type driven yeah. culture. But um, are you are you very rare in pub, in public <laughs> service? Leadership? Are you are you really um, rare in in local government leadership? I think I'm a bit different, um, mm. and I felt that kind of my whole life. You know, I think it's something maybe about being adopted. You feel a bit different. Mm. Mm. Um, but I, I think um, I've. I'm finding more leaders are starting to say the right words. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about trust and mm-hmm. kindness mm-hmm. and empathy and mm-hmm. compassion mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. relational models of public mm-hmm. service delivery. Mm-hmm. They're saying it on the wrong places for me. They're saying it on social media, on the yeah. twi- personal Twitter accounts, yeah. but a lot of them yeah. are not doing it. No. So what I find is, going back to the fish rots from the head down, mm. is a lot of leaders don't really know what the culture of their organisation is like. Yeah. They never do litmus tests yeah. of yeah. what it actually yeah. feels, like feels like on the shop floor, yeah. if you like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've really prided myself my whole life. I'm not saying I'm perfect, no. but I've really tried to do that litmus test yeah. all the time. Yeah. By So in Wigan, we did, myself and the leader, did um, every two weeks we would listen to staff, yeah. not just talk at them, but yeah. actively listen. Yeah. And eventually the trust built. Mm. Um, it takes time for that trust to build. Yeah, but a lot of leaders that. thought that was a really terrifying thing to do. Mm. And in fact, my leader did as well when I first asked him, would yeah, you come yeah. with me and do it? I'd done mm. it in Charlie. Mm. And he went, oh my God, I don't speak to staff. Yeah. <laughs> in the end, he really loved it and he yeah, was really yeah, good yeah, at yeah. it. And, and staff responded well staff to it. Staff loved it. Because because it's the, yeah, it's deal. human at the end yeah, of the day and they need to yeah. know that. Otherwise. It's a big deal. If you feel mm. you've got a relationship with the... You know, and and do you think that's where because you know the seat of collaboration? Um, do you think that's what it's about fundamentally? I mean, leaders willing to be human. I think that's what it is, and showing vulnerability. I don't know if you oh, God, we've I, talked about the Brené Brown mm. and power of vulnerability, and you well, know, there's nothing. Yeah, I can't help it. Yeah, yeah I, I actually <laughs> the same leadership conference. I found myself crying like a baby yeah. in the middle of my speech to my people because yeah. well a they're not my people but i just sat there i just stood in front of them and thought actually you're just all so amazing yeah, they are. and they're all trying and they're all committed to something greater than themselves and yeah. it just choked me up a bit well that's well you go up in people's <laughs> estimation it's hard to find you know i think men in particular for a man to do that it's it's really rare that you are rare because um, you know you don't you don't get that you know yeah. very very rare people and especially men feel they have to be a certain way don't they to be a chief they do. executive that is true actually you know you put that a mask on in the morning and you are the chief executive I have to say that is true <laughs> I've never been yeah I, I, that is true I have this thing about I mean I'm a six foot black guy and it's, it's a bit like I can't be anyone else yeah. <laughs> everyone else is occupied and yeah. and, and it is it is yeah. It but you, the, the difference with you, I think, from mm. other chiefs I, I know is that you ask for advice yeah, very I openly. You you know, I'll never forget you asked me mm. for my advice. Yeah, We'd only know each other a very that short time. And you I a, thought, you've wow. got a very trusting face. Yeah. <laughs> but that is that is a rare um gift, you know, that openness and confidence to be able to ask someone mm. honestly for their advice and um mm, you know that's well, but a lot of people don't they feel like they have to be it they have to know all the answers mm, they have to be superior um yeah, you know, i have and, noticed that yeah. i think it, there's something about leadership in the modern idiom and the, as we are now that cuts people off yeah it kind of cuts you off from humanity almost um somebody once said to me that you know it's like that, what was it? He said it was power is dehumanising, and I, I, I kind of get it. 
Yeah. And I see it all the time. And it's very... I'm, I'm quite... I think like you, because uh, we both we have similar backgrounds. I mean, I wasn't adopted, but I mean, I was brought up in a in a in Wakefield. I was very poor, and um, most of my life was spent with people who were like me, only white. <laughs> if you see what I mean, yeah. and I've never forgotten it. Yeah, never forgotten it. So everything I do when I'm thinking, I'm thinking, how is it going to feel like right at the other end of this thing? Exactly. Yeah. For someone in Wigan or Wakefield or whatever, and I, I, I'm no, you know, yeah, I kind of, I, I, I feel it. Yeah, it's, it's in my bones. I think you must have had such strong influences around your values as a, as a yeah. child growing up. I yeah. think we can my always mom. trace back your mum. Yeah, can always trace back the way you are to yeah. your early influences, can't yeah. you? And, you know, I, yeah. my, my mum and dad were the same, and they would always say, well. And so I always have my mum and dad test in me. Yeah. Whenever we're trying to pilot something or commission yeah. something or deliver a service, it's yeah. kind of, what would my mum think of that? Yeah. Know? What would my mum think about us keep putting council tax Ooh. up to the maximum every single year? Yeah. She won't be able to afford it. No. So we froze council tax in Wigan for eight years, yeah. every year. But at the same time, made some fantastic investments by decommissioning the things that didn't work. Well, that's the trick, isn't it? Decommissioning yeah. things that don't... Well, there's a couple of things in what you've said. One is these inner values as a compass... To, to decision making, but also this notion of decommissioning things that don't work. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm going to say something now, which people, I don't often say publicly, but it is true. It's not the money, it's what you do with it. Exactly. Yeah, completely agree. <laughs> completely and, agree. There are so many, yeah. sorry to say it, but really appalling services that are commissioned that cost a fortune. And, yeah. you know, sometimes I. I despair because they're all separate. I mean, the yeah. beauty of what you do here yeah. at Turning Point, yeah. and, you know, collaborate, do with places uh, in Greater Manchester as part of Devolution is is really think about the customer, the resident, the client, mm. and mm. start building mm. the services mm. around them mm. rather than mm. we need something on mental health, we need mm. something on drugs, mm. we need something on alcohol, yeah. we need something yeah. on yeah. bereavement. Yeah. Um, when actually but, yeah. one person might be one, suffering from all of those absolutely. things. Absolutely. And this sort of notion of negative value transfer, you yeah. know, these people who can't afford it and don't need it are being pushed from pillar to post, pillar to post, because we decide, not because it's... Become, but I'm really... This thing called commissioning, I, I find, I'm finding it really restricts what we can do rather than the opposite. So did you change commissioning in Wigan? Did you change what it did or how it operated? Yeah, we, we developed um, a single commissioning function between the council yeah. and the clinical commissioning group yeah. and we we based it on neighbourhoods. Mm-hmm. So we brought the... Uh, it's quite a big, big metropolitan mm. borough. Broke mm. it down into seven neighbourhoods and similar to what it says in the ten year, NHS 10-year yeah. plan, yeah. populations are between thirty to 50,000 yeah. and then kind of looked at the demands of the population yeah. in that area and kind yeah. of rebuilt services around them. So, you know, and, and kind of threw away the old... System systematized illness yeah, focused yeah. services. And did you do that with them? Were with they them, involved? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we invested ten million in the community because we found that the community were delivering some amazing yeah. community projects. Yeah. You know, know, whether it was a mental health support mm-hmm. network or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um, a cafe for people with dementia who mm-hmm. loved sport. You know, let's let's do something that mm-hmm. people actually want that they like rather mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. seeing them as a, a victim or a unit of yeah. need. They know, the if things. you empower them. I, it's, I yeah. find this really, I don't know about you, but I find it really, when we did the connected care stuff here yeah. at Turning Point and the stuff we do, we collaborate, the thing that absolutely 
it really does drive me to despair is this notion that poor people are stupid. Absolutely. Uh, it's just, it just, it, it really gets to me. And the commissioning stuff, um, I used to go around saying this, I'm going to test that you agree actually, that commissioning is the means by which you understand the needs of an individual and or a community yeah. such that you can build a platform for procurement. Yeah. Absolutely, that's, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. That's it, isn't it? And it's, I think it, there's a mysticism around it, and I think people do that because, you know, they, they're paid a lot of money to, to be commissioners. Mm. But I don't think it's an art at all. I think it's a very basic, yeah. you know, and it's basically that, that collaborative commissioning with people with lived experience is the way we've got to move towards. And, you know, we've got NLGN are doing some work on that. I know Collaborate mm. are doing, very actively doing work on that in mm. places like Oldham, mm. Rochdale. Mm. But, um, you know, I just think if you design services without those people, uh, or give them the power, you may as well just not do it. Yeah. You know, we've, you know, there were there were services in Wigan in, you know, that, that were commissioned through clinical commissioning group that were just not used mm. because they weren't needed. But they keep getting, and, oh. and the thing is, they keep getting commissioned. Well, I won't say it's commissioned; it's contracted every year, cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Yeah. But they're still wasting money. Absolutely, it's quite incredible. Right. Did you get pushback? I mean, because obviously yeah. <laughs> there are people called commissioners and, and, and lovely people. I mean, we're not. I'm not having a go at them or their profession. Yeah. But it's quite stiff, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, I remember when, when I first started. I, again, I I, um, I wondered why it was so different working in a clinical commissioning group. And again, mm. some excellent people, brilliant people, but. The phone never rang. Yeah, yes, because... I remember you saying that. I think it was a brilliant element. It reminded me of walking through woods, woods without woods without the sound of birds. Yeah, There's something unnatural about it. That's isn't right. It? Well, no What's one would ring a CCG because they're they're very much behind the scenes. If yeah. somebody dies in the hospital, it's yeah. me or Jackie Benny, the chief yeah. executive, who's there. Yeah. You know, if somebody dies in community services, it's your director of adult social care. Yeah. It's not the clinical commissioning group. And I think there's a bit of a kind of um, fear of actually meeting real people at times mm. from commissioners. So I, I think, think the best so commissioners true. are the ones who get really stuck into totally communities. I mean, you don't, you, unless you do, you don't understand the needs of individuals and or communities. Absolutely. But I think redesigning things with residents, with the council, with the police, with everyone who works in that place based yeah. team, you know, because they know what's needed. Mm. Um, I'm curious about what the resistance was like. Right. Though, because <laughs> I'm a great believer in the, um, the notion of resistance. Yeah. Um, you know, discomfort. There's a, anyway, I won't talk, talk about yeah. it, but what was, the, what was the resistance like? Okay. Because I think sometimes it's underestimated. Yeah. Um, again, being, being brutally honest, I mm. think uh, there is still a massive divide between local government and, mm. and health mm. when it comes to shared commissioning and mm. I think a disrespect, really, on both sides mm. uh, sometimes. Um, local government thinks it's been cut too much. Yeah. The NHS thinks... You know, local government isn't skilled in the in the arts of, of you know the art of commissioning. Yeah. Um, but I think you know the beauty of it is we are we're all working for the people in that place. Yeah. So I think trying to build and establish a common culture. Yeah. But the kickback was phenomenal. You know, we had some really crazy behaviours yeah. based on which organisation you work for yeah. rather than your skill yeah. set. Yeah. Um, the kickback was around, well, you're not, you know, are you a fit and proper person? You're yeah, fit I remember proper, that fit and proper, fit and proper person, person test. test. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd like to say, yeah. well, I've been a chief exec yeah. for like 20 years, yeah, but I'm yeah, not too yeah. sure if I'm fit or, fit or proper. Fit or, yeah. I'm not sure I'm fit or proper. Yeah, um, yeah. So there is, you know, that, that hierarchy is at all levels, but I found that the kind of 
there were some real gems of talent in the mm. organisation. You know, some of the leadership was very change resistant mm. because I think, you know, something's got to happen with CCGs nationally, Victor. Hasn't I it? know. I'd I'm not sure what the role is in the future. I mean, I, I actually, just so that you know, and if anybody listening to this, I voted against every single chapter and verse of the 20th <laughs> so Health and Social Care Bill because I could see 200 and 12 or whatever it is, CCGs, being a, a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And then and then I joined the Board of NHS England and I had to authorise 12 <laughs> as my first task. So they've got to come together, haven't they? Yeah, they have. They've got to come together. Yeah. We've got to redefine what commissioning is so they do what you've just described. Yeah. I mean, they have to be accountable to, to something. Yeah. And it, um... Absolutely. And I think if you actually read a hospital contract with a CCG, mm. it's rubbish. Certainly, <laughs> I've read every single... Wherever I've worked, I've yeah, read. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah, yeah. A, and there's nothing in it. You know, it's very bog standard. So yeah. there's this big kind of macho, well, we've just negotiated, uh, you know, the contract with the hospital, multi-million pound yeah. contract. Well, just read what you've commissioned. It's yeah. absolutely dire. So, you know, I think there's this machismo that goes yeah, yeah. around that we are managing. Ultimately, in Wigan, the CCG had 100 odd people managing four contracts. Wow. You know, all very, you know, That's nice people, cost. very well-intentioned people, yeah. but all very well paid. You think that money should be going into yes, services. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I always use the example of my mum. So mm. when my mum was discharged a long time ago, from, mm. it was about five years ago from hospital, I think things have got a bit better, but it really brought it home to me because I hadn't experienced really social care. Mm. Uh, and this experience isn't unique at all to me <laughs> or my family, but yeah. I'm sure you you know, oh, you all I have mean, examples I mean, yourself. My, my own mother, I mean, I have to say, it, it, I mean, she's all right, but it, I live in fear of this of the systems because it's not it's, it doesn't understand. No. And it doesn't really care to understand that no. there's nobody to talk to. Exactly. So you don't get a bespoke response. No. You, you get lime green walls, and if you don't like it... That's what we're having, yeah. So uh, we Trump we had on. to project, me, my mum, my sister, had to project manage the whole system. And I'm thinking, how do you go on if you're on your own? Yeah, you, or you've got learning disability or dementia? How how on earth do you look, manage? Uh, what would you change? What 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 you know? Starting now, what, what what shifts would you make? I think I'd bring NHS budgets and council budgets together yeah. in place. Yeah. Um, I would completely throw away the separate illness-based commissioning model that we have. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd build compassionate acute services mm -hmm. when people really need them, but mm -hmm. only when they really need them. Mm -hmm. You know, excellent primary care services, mm -hmm. but more important than anything else is brilliant, strong communities mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and invest in that community mm -hmm. infrastructure that mm -hmm. makes places strong. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. I think this is where local governments made a big mistake over the uh, years since austerity started by cutting those yeah. areas I just think that's the most foolish thing to do why would you cut your lifeline to people you mm. know that are much more affordable much more mm. resilient much more what people want than the clunky municipal why would you what do you think that's about I think it's easy things I mean I, mm. what really has always annoyed me my whole career is treasurers mm. who um, who do the budget in a little darkened room mm. disconnected from strategy yeah, yeah. disconnected from yeah. communities yeah. And they'll come up with what they think is a nice, clever budget. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't echo the no. uh, the strategy of the place. And it yeah. doesn't echo what residents want. So, um, yeah. you know, I think putting up council tax is lazy. Consistently yeah. putting up... I might be yeah. controversial in saying this. Yeah. But it's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. You know, and people it on fixed incomes, yeah, people, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, they can't afford yeah, these no, increases. No. That, and a lot of them might not be getting the services, yeah. but are paying the blooming... Yeah. 
Exactly. So people just ratchet it up and then they'll do the easy things like they'll cut corporate services mm. or they'll cut community grants mm. and, um, you know, they don't really think through the implications no. of doing that. I think that might be about power. Yeah, I think there's, you know, everyone's got this, you know, the treasurers have got their sit for kind of pressures, you know, but yeah. they're all, none of them are thinking back to what kind of services would I want to receive yeah. as a resident yeah. in this place, particularly if I had no money, yeah. you know, or I had, I had uh, illness or relatives yeah. who were ill. Yeah. Um, put yourself in the shoes of those people. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think. Would you say the numbers are a symptom of behaviour, or the other way around? Yeah, I think, mm, I think people who just you know like spreadsheets, mm. but but don't connect into um, the way people live their lives. Really, mm. and I think always coming back to you know those twenty-two different bits of the system who visited yeah, yeah, my yeah. mum. If we had more money, mm. would we have a twenty-third service? Almost certainly. You know, and the harder thing to do is yeah. dis dismantle that mm. structure and mm. think, start off with the person, mm. think about Mary mm. sat yeah. in her house, think about what's the first thing she needs that day mm. and how do we connect with her as a person. When you um, were talking about what you'd do if you were in charge, you, know, you talked about compassion and can you mandate compassion? Can you, I mean, <laughs> can, I, yeah. can you I think I think society is changing, Victor, and I mm -hmm. think people... You know, it's become so much more fractured. Mm. People, you know, the lack, complete lack of authentic leadership mm. that we mm -hmm. see nationally mm -hmm. at the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, where the society is splintered along promising tax yeah. cuts and yeah. all sorts of crazy things, not based on connecting in with residents' needs or society's needs mm. and big issues like mm. climate change mm. and poverty, uh, homelessness are just being completely mm. ignored. Yeah, completely ignored. You know, yeah, social yeah. policy is in yeah. a complete state yeah. of disarray. Yeah. And I think we're seeing a resurgence of compassion. Okay. You know, it's starting in communities, it's okay. starting with organisations okay. like Collaborate, okay. yeah, Turning Point, yeah. New that. Local Government Network, and yeah. everyone's trying mm. to grasp for something. I think our problem is we're doing it in bits, yeah. we're not doing it in a connected way. Mm. And, you know, the system is very connected it very, because it's about money it's very and power. And very resistant. <laughs> and very resistant, um, mm. you know, and it will, but we've got to be much more organised than we are. And what do you think that would look like? I think a networked body, um, you know, not necessarily political, but social. Yeah. Um, but it's got to have the same messages. We've all got slightly different messages. Yeah. And, you know, we're all kind of batting for our own think tank, our yeah. own organisation. We've got to join the dots. It's a movement, isn't it's it? It's a proper You're social movement. You're talking about movement. a movement. And, yeah. And I'm, I kind of get that. Um, so and then one of the questions I was going to ask you is, is what would a collaborative society look like? So I'm, I want to hear from you a bit okay. more because I could talk yeah. to you all day. But um, what would it look like in, in your? I mean, you've described a bit and you about how we might get there. This movement, but what would it what would it look like in your view? I think it would start with. Um, well-being and happiness so mm. I love what um, they've done in New Zealand with yeah. the Commission for yeah. Well-being yeah. Yeah. and Happiness yeah. she's amazing isn't she I want to go to New Zealand I've been to New Zealand and um, <laughs> oh. I've talked to some of her people and she really is she's yeah. um, she's quite incredible actually because yeah. she talks about love yeah and exactly. compassion and you know in her speeches it's it's com when did you last hear a politician in this country talk about love or I mean, compassion if we can get back, you know, break away from the kind of stiff upper class mm. way that we run this country, um, both at, you know, national government and local government level, mm. and the NHS runs itself as well, mm. you know, we've got to break away and get back to those values mm. around love, compassion. Mm. Now, the mm. reasons we all became <clears throat> public mm. servants, the reasons we kept, became leaders. I think so. If, if there's somebody who's um, stiff and upper class listening to this, 
What would you say to them? Get, a, get another Im- job. <laughs> get another job, you know, go and work in on. Go and work in private industry or something, you know. I just think public servants should be should be servants, you know, they yeah. they should be serving the public. Uh should be paid less than the Prime Minister. Yeah. Mm. I mean I think it to be honest, it's more around your value set rather than mm. what you paid. I think it's it's more around how you listen to people, how you show humility. Mm. You know, and I think there are so many Local government leaders who, who mess around with the economic development stuff, sorry to say it, but that is their job. They yeah. go around thinking they're, you know, doing these big multi yeah, yeah. million pound deals and contracts yeah. and people in the NHS like that as yeah. well. But that to me, you know, that's not our job. Our job mm. is, is to connect in with people, mm. to get services, you know, preventative services in place mm. to support people, um, and to support the, com- the voluntary and community mm-hmm. sectors to be the mm-hmm. best they can be because mm-hmm. they know where it's at and mm-hmm. they're much more savvy. Yeah. They're much more nimble, yeah. much lighter on the feet than we are. So it sounds like a collaborative society in, in you, um, it feels like a collaborative society be much more ground up yeah. than top down. Yeah. Um, yeah, well being and happiness. Do you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back because it'd be lovely, wouldn't it? It sounds like "Come by on." I'm soon as reach for my guitar, you know, "Come by on." You know. I mean, does it really? Does it really? I mean, is there is there a hard edge to to? It sounds a bit big society. Yeah. A bit reach for the guitar, "Come by yeah, on." Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering where, what where's the hard edge here? Yeah. What's the? I think know? the hard edge is what we're doing at the moment isn't working, and mm. it needs really uh, strong, determined leadership from the bottom up, Mm. community commissioning, collaborative models Mm. that challenge the current hierarchies. And Mm. that is tough. That is a really tough thing to do. Decommissioning things that have been in existence for donkey's years. You know, Mm. I remember when, um, you know, the politicians in in Wigan decided to close day centres and residential care facilities because they weren't needed yeah. they were old-fashioned they yeah. were expensive yeah. and they were really like victorian in yeah, the design yeah, yeah. um but families love them yeah so you know people doing, love the familiar yeah people mm. love the familiar mm. and when we took their loved ones out of those facilities mm. and gave them mm. independence with mm. support mm. it was scary yeah so you know and that's been done is being done across the country i think now but mm. i think you know I think brave decision making as well as the humble leadership. It's yeah. not all, you know, softly, softly yeah. wearing your caftan and yeah. reaching for your guitar. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there's a hard, there is a hard uh, edge to this. And it's the hard edge. Of, it sounds like the hard edge is about change yeah. and, and, and taking people, um, taking people with you. Um, how, how are you trying to bring this about? I mean, you've now left the sort of formal role. Um, as it much as chief exec, and you're now chairing an LGN and uh, local trust, and you're still well sought after in local government. So, um, how are you bringing it about? Is the plan? Um, I I think I mean with, I mean I am there is kind of joy. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm retired, and so obviously I've got um, there's there's um, fantastic work going on in mm. Wigan still, mm. um, and it's always been a great council to be honest. Mm. Before me, after mm. me, and always will be because it's yeah. it is brilliant, but. Um, I love the new local government network because we're trying to create this social movement. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. My issue is that mm-hmm. we need to do it with others. You know, we need to yeah. connect more. We need to collaborate. We need to collaborate with collaborate mm-hmm. uh, and others as well. So, I the community paradigm for me 
you know, we've had the civic, mm. we've had the state paradigm, mm. we've had the market-driven mm. paradigm where we outsourced everything. Mm. I've done that myself in my early part of my career mm. and then brought it back mm. in because it didn't work. Mm. Um, but now we need the community paradigm. Mm. So I think really trying to work intensely with other councils. There's some great work going on in Gateshead, yeah. some great work going on in Cambridgeshire, yeah. some great work going on in... Uh, East Ayrshire up in mm. Scotland I don't know if you've come mm. across okay. I think we need to um, okay. you know get all of the key mm. uh, thought leaders who are in this yeah. are, are working on this kind of work together and just come up with some very simple um, a, a kind of campaign I mean we saw the Extinction Rebellion uh, stuff that was a proper Absolutely. campaign was, yeah. you know on, on yeah. one issue but a really listen. important Absolutely. issue and it, it, people could not ignore Absolutely. it could they so I think we need Absolutely. to do something similar not saying Absolutely. we should stop the tube and stop everything happening in no, the world no but I'd be, I'd be put, I'd put my shoulder to the wheel on that there's a tendency for this stuff to be seen as left yeah uh, is it no, I don't think it's political at all, Victor. I think it's common sense. I don't think it's left or right. It's kind of, um, it's, you know, it's le- what are we going to do mm. to um, to save this country, to save mm. society in mm. this country, mm. Mm. and to stop doing all the rubbish things that we do with public mm. money, you know, and start mm. focusing on mm. residents mm. and people, mm. communities. Mm. So for me, it's just, it's logic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And affordability. There's yeah. a kind of business angle to this yeah. as well. I'm talking to some... Um, conservative politicians about this because I do I kind I do agree with you. I think where I'm slightly hesitant is that I think it is political at a level at which at which you have to cross over into the institutions that drive politics. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't get the change. Yeah. And it's like the, it's like the extinction rebellion. Yeah, it's yeah. like there's a reason why they, we've got a political system. Unfortunately, sure. so do you see any green shoots? We've talked a bit about green shoots. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the hopes that you have for well, your future and the country's future. That's the last thing I wanted to ask you, actually. It's got to be. I am an optimist. I always mm. have been. And mm. you've got to have optimism, haven't you? And, yep. you know, the way that everything is so fractured and vicious at the moment, mm. you know, some of the abuse I got, uh, you know, one of yeah. the reasons I left, I know, some of the abuse was, I got on social media, you know. Was scary. Was, Just tell me about it. <laughs> but not only mm. on social media, I had, mm. you know, an ex-counsellor turning up in my garden mm. in the middle of the night um and arrested you know so and four people um on on bail for um harassment so you know that public servants have got to be brave but as soon as you are brave you know you get the very you get you know people who have an opposite view who stand against you but so i see that speaking out is accepted speaking Mm. out and an acceptance of all different sorts of views Mm. you know i really love um prime minister in new zealand how she Mm. You know her, her kind of leadership. Yeah, just yeah she's yeah. amazing. Mm. Um, so that kind of style of leadership, compassionate, mm. uh, humble, mm. honest, uh, upbeat, mm. trying mm. to find mm. a solution, mm. not moaning on mm. about the problems, mm. Um, mm. but very accountable. I mean, election turnout has declined every single has, year yeah. in this country for the last it forty has. years. Yeah, yeah, um, we've got a divided country with Brexit. You know, we've got people, the political system seems to be disintegrating mm-hmm. before our eyes. Mm-hmm. We've got to create something brand new. So mm-hmm. I think this social movement we've just designed is it. It's been a pleasure, but I've got to ask you, right? So mm-hmm. we got, we've got we had the, the, the hardest question, actually. <laughs> so as, as, as Joe goes to work editing this and turning it into a beautiful podcast with backing music and yeah. everything, what's it going to be? Oh, 
do you know what? I'm really torn. Can I can I suggest two and then yeah. Joe can yeah, take yeah, no, I'll give you the final decision. It might be a decision. mashup. It, it might, might be a mashup. <laughs> okay, so two very different tracks. I really love uh, the Lark Ascending. So um, mm. and it's very positive, mm, very positive. Is. I always said I'd like the Lark mm. Ascending to mm. be played at my funeral because it's just oh. like not that I want it to be no. quite soon, <laughs> but I really love the Lark Ascending. Yeah. It's my favourite track. But I also love Bob Dylan. So um, I'd like the times they are changing. Oh. From Bob Dylan. I like it. So that's, I like that's it. quite a relevant one, I think, for what we've been talking about. I Victor. like it. I like it. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Thank you very <laughs> oh, much, thanks, Donna Victor. Hall. Thank Professor you so Donna, much. Suitably Professor oh, Donna that's Hall, nice. Which Thank I you. think is a really good thing. Wow, Professor Donna. Wow. Professor Donna. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's got, got a ring to it, actually. Bit it? of a juxtaposition of. I think things. it's lovely. Prof Don. Prof Donna. Excellent. Thank oh, you very thank much. Thank you so much. That's thank really you. Worked. Thank oh, you. Thank you, Victor. Lovely. That's thank lovely. you. That was a handshake, everybody. Just in case you're <laughs> <laughs> thank You can find out more about the work of Collaborate and the Collaborative Society on our website, collaboratecic.com. Do get in touch if you'd like to be part of the conversation.